Welcome to another episode of In the Area Podcast, your weekly source for wisdom nuggets. Let's have our cake and eat it too. Today we sit down with Haley Simmons, an ultra badass athletic trainer in the Vale Valley. She's an avid canoeist. She's broken her body in the outdoors. She's run into fire. She's encountered a bear and lived to tell the tale. I am so fired up. Folks, we are on a mission to dig up wisdom nuggets and share them with the world. And if you would like to support this podcast, subscribe to the channel, share it on your Instagram, follow us at in the area pod and do us a favor and enjoy today's episode. We work for the Stedman Clinic, one of the top clinics in the world. Whoa. People from the Olympics literally come to get their shit done there. And you are that person. Did you always want to be an athletic trainer? When did that get into your head? I kind of feel like I cheated the system of the world because I've just always known what I've wanted to do. And I mean, you know, it's like varied throughout the years, but like since I was 10 or so, I knew like this general realm is what I wanted to do. And I feel like that's been like, that's not fair. Like no one knows what they want to do. That's amazing. And it just like hasn't changed for me, which is really cool. Wow. But so when I was young, I thought I just wanted to be a physical therapist and I was like, I want to work with athletes. And How young? Uh, like 10 or so. Wow. Um, I got pretty injured when I was a a gymnast when I was young and had a surgery at a young age. And at that point, like going through all the rehab, I was like, this is so cool. Like I want to, you know, help people being in this spot. Cause I like felt like I'd lost, you know, everything you had worked for kind of thing growing up. Mm. And, and I was like, I want to, you know, be on the other side of that and help people, you know, get through that phase. What exactly is an athletic trainer? Can describe it to someone who might've never yeah. heard the term before. Yeah. So it's very commonly confused with like either a personal trainer or a physical therapist. Um, but best way to think about it is like if you're watching, you know, professional football or basketball or anything like that, and the player goes down on the quarter field, the people that run out there are athletic trainers. There might be a singular doc that runs out on the quarter field with them, but that whole group of people surrounding them are all athletic trainers. So, all right, let's say you're talking directly to an injured athlete. They just went down. What do you want them to know? You're going to be okay. Like we're going to take care of this. That's always step one of just, I mean, I feel like all the times you run out there and they're just screaming, you're just like sitting there for a while, getting them to like calm down and look at you and be like, okay, she's here. It's going to be all right. And I feel like that's what you work so hard to develop with anyone I guess in the in the kind of healthcare setting is like that level of trust. So you know when someone tells you calm down, yeah. <laughs> that never that never works. Yeah, so right. <laughs> what do you do to calm down an athlete? Because I feel like you can't just say that. Right. Um, my my little spiel would usually start with, "Hey, like, hey, hey, like, look at me. You're okay. Like, tell me what's wrong," kind of thing. Because when they collide and they've done like four somersaults, you're like, I don't even know what could be hurt at this mm. point. And so, like, narrowing down, like where are you hurting? And yeah. like, look at me, it's going to be fine. Like wow. take a breath and talk to me. Okay. So you're obviously getting hits in your material world. Mm -hmm. Like you're definitely meeting your goals. You're fucking doing the dream job right now. <laughs> what about your spiritual world? Do you feel like your relationships, like, do you feel like you're very connected to those right now? Um, I actually feel like that's something that has 
switched a little bit with this new job. I think because I feel a little bit more settled here. When I came out here, I came out with the assumption it was only going to be for a year, you know, with the desire to stay here, but was like pretty set in my mind, like just going to be a year, you know, if something happens to work out awesome, but was planning on leaving after a year. And, and so I think we had kind of talked about this, like I felt a little, I don't know what the right word is last year, but now I feel very settled here. And I think that has done better things for my friendships and relationships, feeling like I can settle in a little bit and spend more focus and time Mm. on that. Yeah. And, and at least trying to outwardly make that a, a bigger priority. Yeah, totally. So you, you are connecting more. And more I'm trying. Trying. <laughs> You're trying. working on it. Right. Is it uncomfortable? Like, is it uncomfortable for you to talk about it? My emotions? Yeah. My, <laughs> my emotions. What are those? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. for sure. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. But again, we're working on we're it. We're working on it. That's awesome. We're working on Proud it right now. for doing that, setting that intention. And Thanks. Yeah. So Haley, in addition to your day-to-day badassery, you're also an avid canoeist. What are your favorite parts about canoe trips? What do you love about? Mm. Early mornings um, on the water. I can't beat that. And mm. then um, late late night, or not late nights, because you go to bed at like <laughs> eight. Late, night. <laughs> late nights. But like when, you know, the kids are kind of like off in their tents for the night and you can kind of hear them like yelling in the background. And, but then if you like, you know, have a good rock at your big rock at your campsite and you can go out there and just like sit by the water at night as the sun's going down and Mm. you're like with those people that you, you know, are going through all of it with and just to be like, be able to sit out there and take in everything around you and, Mm. you know, debrief the day and debrief life yeah. and oh man it's just uh, that scene you just painted i like want to be there right, right I know. I'm, I'm actually there in my I'm, mind, so yeah it's nice. oh it's it doesn't get any better and then it's the you know like the shittiest times that's what you look back on and you know all the the type two fun times describe type two for maybe those who might not know type two fun is activities that aren't necessarily fun as you're doing them but, you know, they're they're hard and you're working through things. And if someone asked you at the time, like, are you having fun right now? You'd be like, fuck no. no are you kidding no. me? <laughs> are you having fun? <laughs> no. Um, but then when you look back on it later, you're kind of like laughing about it. Like by hopefully by the end of the night, if not, maybe a couple of days later. Whoa. What about portage trails? What do you what is the glory of a portage trail? Uh, that is I've oh, like from the beginning of my first portage trail. That is quick. Wait, quickly plug what a portage trail is. Okay, there's going to be a couple of people who are like, "What is a what portage the fuck trail?" Is that? Um, so, portage trail is a trail of any sort. It really varies um, over land that connects either if you are going down a river and there's rapids you can't shoot, um, or if you're going from like lake to lake and you need to get to the next body of water. So your Thank portage you. trail, yeah, Perfect. gets you around. Um, and so you have to, you know, unload all of your boats and carry all of your stuff over dry Mm. land, which is typically less enjoyable (laughs) than paddling. (laughs) Um, but I actually really love portaging and it is like the only time I think in life where my mind truly goes completely blank. Like, unless I am singing a song, I, 
I almost like physically can't think of anything. Like I'll try to, I'll have thoughts in my head of like, what should I be thinking about right now? But I can't, like, it's just blank. And, but it's a, a good blank, like just mm. at peace with where you are and all, like all you have to worry about is getting yourself from point A to point B and what you have on your back. And it's just like one foot in front of the other. And I absolutely love it. No way. Yeah. It's like one of, one of my favorite parts of trip actually. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And does it happen like all the time? Every portage trail for the last 10 years, mind blank. If I'm by myself, it is like m- truly the only time I think in life that my mind goes blank. Whoa, that's amazing. <laughs> Isn't it? What it's about really interesting. What about when in the, the trail sucks and it's hard and you're uncomfortable? Uh, I think that's when it goes even more blank <laughs> because – I mean, yeah, maybe there's some like cuss words thrown in there, but I don't, I think I like the, like all you have. And especially if you're separated from people on the trail and it's truly just you and, and your boat or whatever you're carrying, then like you have to find a way to get yourself there. And I think especially as staff, that mindset really switches and you're like, I have to do this. Not only I'm going to have to carry what I'm carrying, but I'm probably going to have to carry what three people behind me are carrying. And like you have to get from point A to point B and you can go slow and whine about it and take a bunch of breaks or you can just keep taking another step and you'll get there faster. Wow. And yeah, I actually really love coaching. Jeez. You're probably one of the <laughs> the only, only yeah one of the only in the world. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like there's the the physical part of it that can definitely suck, but mind wise, peaceful wise, I really love it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if you could find that in like day to day life. I know it's really because I, you know, like I really enjoy yoga and all that kind of stuff, and I try to reach that same level of like you know like very present and all of that. And I can't, I can't get that what I get on a boarded trail any, anywhere else in life, Whoa. but maybe that should be my new goal. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> I don't know how to find it, but that's amazing. Yeah. Haley, I remember we were on a rafting trip and you shared yeah. the story about being on a canoe trip and then wildfire breaks out. Yeah. Can you tell me about that experience? Yeah. So we were doing a like 14 day trip the first couple days or really first week is pretty shitty. And you're like working your butt off to get to this beautiful river with these huge red Canyon walls and amazing whitewater. So excited to go on it and just like had this rock star group of campers as well. And it was just like, it all felt right. (laughs) And then it went very wrong. And we get out there night one and night one, this like huge wall of smoke comes rolling in within an hour. And we're like, well, we should probably call. And so we call and they're like, yeah, there are fires. They're ahead of you. They're not to like day five. It will, you know, you should be fine. We'll keep you updated as, as you get closer, like just keep going. And so continue on. Still a lot of smoke every day. So we're checking in multiple times a day to see where these fires are. And night three, we end up getting big storms. And so we're like, okay, hopefully the rain will outweigh the lightning and not create more fires. And so that night we're trying to check our messages. We thought we had signal and anything that would have come in, we thought we would have gotten. Turns out we missed some voicemails that night and missed some calls that would have told us to stop (laughs) moving forward. And so we continue on day four, morning four, 
we hadn't made it because of the storms the day before. We didn't make it to where we wanted to be that night. So we were a little behind. Set our usual alarms. Alarms, both mine and um, my fellow leader on the trip, both of our alarms don't go off. So we end up sleeping in and starting late on the water and already had a, like, had a huge day ahead of us. And so a little frustrated about that. And then we go and paddle for 30 minutes or so. And we run into our sister trip. And that was kind of this like first like breath of like, oh, it's okay. Like we're not far behind. And they were like <laughs> sitting there drinking coffee, eating their freshly picked raspberries. And Lindsay Weebles, they're like, hey, come over. You want some coffee? And I was like, no, we're, we're late. We have to go. <laughs> and um, so we stop, chat, and keep going. We have a tiny little lake to cross um, before we were going to be in these like tiny little streams all day, portaging, kind of pulling through these beaver streams. And, hey. and as we're crossing this last lake, this floatplane kind of starts to circle over us and we're like, oh, like we're in their way. And this is the only place they can land out here. And so we're like, as soon as we get out of the way, they'll land. And so they kind of fly over and they like tip their wing and that's always like a, hey, and you wave to them. And so we did and thought that was normal. And then we pull off to the side to eat breakfast before we go into these streams and the float plane lands and we're like, oh, there they are. And then it turns and comes over to towards us. And I immediately went into like mother bear mode and was like, get away. You're not going to kidnap us out here. Like <laughs> in hindsight, <laughs> the dumbest reaction. <laughs> and it was really fearful at first. Like it felt like a dangerous situation for all the wrong reasons. And, <laughs> and so they kind of like start yelling at us and I'm like really keeping my distance and they're like, come here. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then I heard them, they shouted something about like everything ahead of you is on fire. Like everything's evacuated. You have to turn around. And then they said our director's name and I was like, oh shit, this is real. And so I finally paddled over <laughs> and start talking with them. And they're like, yeah, everything ahead of you is evacuated. You cannot move that you can't move west any further. You have to turn around. And so we're like, okay. We're like, we were planning on paddling that way for the next 11 days. So like, what are we going to do? And so there was a little cabin we had passed earlier in the morning. They're like, turn around, go back to that cabin. Someone will meet you there later. And just like very <laughs> ominous. <It's ambiguous. laughs> yeah. 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 Like, okay. And so we did that. We like catch the other group on the way and we're like, yo, we're not paddling that way anymore. We're not doing the blood vein. Very sad. And go back to this cabin, wait there for like four or five hours. I'm like, did we get punked? Like, what's happening? And this guy finally um, shows up and lets us in the cabin, brings us some Timmy Hortons <laughs> donuts and uh, all wow. was well there and for the kids and brings us new maps and was like, hey, I've been talking with your director. They were trying to get a hold of you all day yesterday. We didn't get anything because of the storms. And they're like, you gotta, you gotta turn around and... We were supposed to go west for the next 10 days and they're like, you need to go like southeast. And so they give us a new like proposed route. It was initially going to be really short and we weren't going to be paddling much. And it was like six to eight portages a day and like not at all why we came on this trip. The complete opposite of, you know, 14 day flat water trip with so many portages. These girls were like not what we signed up for. And so it was a huge like, you know, learning curve and just had to completely switch the motivation of the trip and why we were out there. It was going to be this sweet white water that you had, you know, worked your butt off the first week for. 
and get this huge reward for the second week. And we were like, well, we're not getting any of that. And there was no moving water for the whole 14 days we were out there and so many portages. And so we were like, at first we were like, we have to do something hard. Like we can't just paddle around out here. And so we had come up with this like secondary proposed route and we're like, we're going to do this big loop still through all flat water, like pothole lakes, just so we can move far and work hard. And we thought that that was what was going to be fulfilling. And then after a day or two, we were kind of like, what, what are we doing? Like, this is, this isn't fun. It's, you know, we're not really like gaining much out of it. And because we knew nothing about this area we were, it would, you know, look like a, a river, but really you'd be pulling through hours of just like mud streams over all this deadfall, like kind of like the first two days of the blood vein, but almost worse in some sections. And you're like, well, yeah, you just had no idea that was coming. And so that kind of set us back, but we just talked to the girls and we're like, Hey, we could push really hard and try to make miles and, but kind of for what? And instead we just tried to switch the motto of being like, how often do you get to like sit back and like truly enjoy just being out here and you get two weeks, maybe four weeks if you stay all summer of these trips and like just be present and be here and we're going to like kick back and still move and work hard. And we did like a bunch of, um, it was actually one of the campers who kind of like brought it up and carried it on, but we started just like clearing all the portage trails with the down trees. We'd just like spend an extra hour on a trail and like no take way. the ax out and like, cause we're like, we had time to, Wow! and the kids like loved it. And so it was this one girl who just like really brought it on and she just marched down the trail with her ax and, wow. and then we had some other injuries. And so we were just like, why are we pushing? Like, let's enjoy it and just like learn to love living in the woods and being out here and just like a huge, huge switch of mindset, which was super hard and super hard for myself and like the lead of our sister trip to like calm down and not want to push every day. And yeah, it was uh, not what we expected, but so cool. it was, it was uh, in the end, super cool story and yeah, important life lesson, I think for the girls too, to like be adaptable. And that's like what camp's all about is learning how to adapt to those situations wow. and you make the best of whatever you're given. And, 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 and such a success for you and Abby Lee, right? The, the trip assistant mm-hmm. to reframe that trip. I yeah. feel like that's yeah. not many people in that situation would be able to reframe it in such a meaningful way. So kudos to you guys for, for that. It's super cool. <laughs> I think we spent more time trying to convince ourselves than we like in our tents at night. We're like, that we have to do this. Like, this is the right thing to do. Like convincing ourselves, having the same pep talk we gave to the girls to ourselves every night. But but that's not the only crazy thing that's happened to you out in the woods. You've also <laughs> had a bear encounter that I want you to share with yeah. us. Yeah. So in 2017, um, I led a trip pretty far north in Saskatchewan called the Fond du Lac and went on. And it's like this epic route, just the most beautiful place I've ever been. And by far the best trip I've ever been on. And that's kind of like in Taiga Tundra territory, right? It's getting there. I mean, it was still not, it wasn't quite Tundra, but you can feel how far north you are. I mean, you're not, you're only getting, you know, you're not really getting true dark at night. You always see some glow on the horizon. And so 
you, you can feel that you're, you're up there. And that was sweet. Day four, our like first, like super hot day, everyone's dehydrated and burnt. And we camped on this beach that night and I'd gotten bit by a spider and it was like kind of spreading down my arm. So I called our like RMI, um, call and they essentially just were like, you're fine. Take a ton of Benadryl. And so I like drugged myself to sleep that night. I should have been dead to the world with the amount of Benadryl I took. And I, at midnight, I woke up and I like thought I heard some rustling and I was like, ah, it's just the wind. And I was like, no, Haley, there's been no wind all day. It's so hot. And so I kind of sat there and I was like, yeah, it's fine. And and then I heard the spring on the side of our Wanigans. We have these like special wooden boxes that have springs on the side that we keep our food in. And I like, I mean, that that is a distinct sound. Yeah. <laughs> and I heard that and I was like, oh, fuck. And so we had had our like full front um, of our tent zipped open. So it was just the mesh. And so I sit up and this bear is like 20 yards in front of our tent no. getting in our, trying to get in our food. And I like look over and, our tents here and the two camper tents are like so far away and so spaced out. And we had it, I mean, idiots, again, in hindsight, we had set our camp up like the freaking Hunger Games, like our food's in the middle. And then we spread out in these three opposite corners trying to get some damn shade. And our food's just in the middle of all of our tents on the beach. And I was like, oh God. And so I like start shaking Mara and I was just like, ah, I couldn't get words out and I'm just like pointing because it's not fully dark. So you can, even at midnight, you could see the bear and he's like kind of pawing at our tarp and trying to get in the wand again. And, and so she like looks at me, she's like, what do we do? And I was like, ah. And so we just like start, you know, chanting and clapping and trying to scare it off. And this. <laughs> Wait, what do you. Our, our, our chant, well, our chant, we were just yelling, hey, 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 and like okay, clapping. Okay. And um, our setup in our tents worked out so that, you know, typically we have like a staff tent, but it was, we always had one camper in our tent every night. And so this girl rolls over, Alice Petty. I mean, you, you yeah. know, Alice Petty, uh-huh. just the greatest person ever. And so she thinks that that's how we've decided to wake them up that morning. So she rolls over <laughs> in her tent or in her sleeping bag and she goes, are you fucking kidding me? No. And I was like, get your ass up. Like, we got work to do. I'm like, no, it's barren. So, and so, but she thought we just thought had chose like chosen that obnoxious way to oh. wake them up in the morning. Hey, and I was hey, like, yeah. <laughs> she was like, fuck you fuck guys. Yeah. yeah. So she rolls Little over and we're like, nope. And so we're like yelling to the other tents, like there's a bear, start yelling, clapping. So then wow. soon we all come Everyone. together in a chorus. And the bear was just like, I mean, couldn't he was of no real threat after that. He was just like, God damn it. And kind of like turned around and walked away. But just like what's burned in my mind is oh, his like, skin and fat and muscle just like rolling over just how massive he was like rolling over his shoulders as he walked away oh my god it's like seared in my mind and then of course it walks away and it walks between the two camper tents and I was like oh my god (laughs) like what's what's the plan like I had the I had the air spray in my tent with me yeah. And so I was like, do I go like behind it and spray it from behind? No like way. if it goes for the tents. Oh my gosh. It was a, uh, yeah. And so I, 
went a little too far and made everyone stay up for like two hours, continuing to scream and chant and sing. (laughs) Again, in hindsight, was a little little more than you were being conservative. I was so fucking scared, and I was like, "This shit ain't coming back." Wow. I was afraid if we went back to sleep, he'd be like, okay, cool. It's fine. And we're going to go back. And um, so we stayed up. And so by that point, it's like 2 a.m. And I was like at 3 a.m., like as soon as the sun's up, like we're fucking out of here. And so we set our alarm for three. And then I was like, okay, maybe that was excessive. That was so, excessive. <laughs> but at 3.30, I, we woke everyone up and we're like, we're out. Wow. We're, we're, we're moving on. What a cool story. That's crazy. It was not. Not fun. I just literally curled up in my, like cuddled my bear spray for the rest of the night and laid there and was like, please don't come back. That, that's the thing. I, like most people who have, don't have a lot of wilderness experience, mm-hmm. it, it's they, they act like every behind every corner there could be a bear. Mm-hmm. Seeing a bear is like a rare thing. Like, yeah. It doesn't happen a lot. I know, yeah. And however many trips, you know, like two times, 10 years, I that's the only one I've ever seen. Wow. And then it was, I think it was because of like how far out there you felt it felt a little more dangerous but and because it was just right right in front of us and (laughs) if it was hungry I was like not trying to mess with this thing right now damn but yeah that was a that was fun time that one trip where you had the spider you got the spider bite was that the Mm -hmm. worst like injury you sustained uh no I've broken an ankle on a trip um what yeah (laughs) thankfully it was morning 10 out of 11 days. And so, and we had, there was at least two, maybe it was just two trips, but it was, oh, it was two trips of three staff um, on the Turtle River. And we were at Horseshoe Falls Mm. and beautiful campsite. And we were loading up at like 4 a.m. So it was like dark. And I knew what I was stepping down, like stepping down a ledge and out of Wanigan. And just my ankle was like, nope. And fuck. so that was morning 10. So I only had to get through that day. And you then, got through the rest of the day with a broken ankle? I, it was kind of the only option. And like, <laughs> it was it was fine. Um, I just like literally had to crawl. Like day 10, like down that last stretch of river is a decent amount of portages. So I just had to like crawl all the portages. Are you serious? Which is a little bit of a bummer. That is so metal. It was a, yeah. Well, I'd kind of like hobble or hop and then crawl for some sections. And oh. and it worked out well because two of our, um, two of our trips were together. So we had six staff to try and like make up for me being down. Wow. <laughs> and one of our boats that trip had, um, on like day two or three, the yoke snapped. And so we the had yoke to, meaning the center thwart, the middle piece that how you can carry it yeah. on any portage. And so we had to two man carry that the whole Fuck. trip. And so having one person down, it was really nice that we were with our sister trip that day yeah, when all that happened. That could have been devastating. But yeah, I'd say that was probably the worst. That, one. Yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely not good. Yeah, that's a bummer. How that sounds painful. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the best, but uh, the water's cold, so I just, you know. Do you have a high pain tolerance? I like to think so. I like to think that my background in this kind of stuff gives me, I don't know if it's more so the high pain tolerance, but I think it gives me a realistic expectation of what things should and will feel Mm. like. So when I'm feeling them, I'm like, this is normal. So you can like Mm. tell yourself that it 
hurts less because it's like it should it's hurt normal. this much. It should hurt this much. Yeah. But it's going to be fixed and you're going to be fine. Right. Wow. But that's interesting because I've there's also the saying the doctors make the worst patients. So Yeah, I yeah, like my shoulder surgery this year, I was the best at following the instructions <laughs> of, of Why did not you have doing, soldier surgery? Well, also a camp injury. <laughs> no was, way. So you've gotten fucking. It was, it was two years in a row. Those, those two injuries were years back to back, but, um, the shoulder one, we were playing capture the flag evening activity. I love capture the flag. And so, but the grass is always a little wet and everyone's really into it. I was really into it. So I actually false started the game and went sprinting down the field and then like went to dive for the flag and like dove with my arm out and dislocated my shoulder. Fuck. And um, so it did not go on trip three days later. <laughs> Instead, I there was actually this group of four of us who were injured in some fashion. And so I led a crip trip. And crip trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> And we went to Lake Cabotogama, which is just oh, this nice. small flat water lake. Yeah, neighbor, neighbor lake. lake to us in Minnesota. Wow. And we spent five days on Lake Cabotogama staying awesome. at like Voyager campsites that are like real bougie. <laughs> and we took our like handmade canoes and a bunch of wow. like pool floats. And so fun. It was a great time. I love it. You guys made it meaningful. So you've gotten, you've been through the ringer a little bit. On yeah, did, camp tried to kill me for a couple Fires, years. Fires, <laughs> bears. That's why but you come back, though. Wow. But uh, it's awesome that we live here and bail together. Um, it's special. So cool. special. So Thanks. for all you listeners. Oh, were you going to say? I was just going to say and right down the street. And right down the it's neighbors. So great. Na- hashtag. So great. Hashtag neighbors. Well, for all you listeners, thank you for making it this far into the episode. Good night. Good night.